He's good. It's my pleasure to introduce Fiona to you. Fiona um, works during the week with Teen Challenge with her husband and they head up the ministry. She's very much involved in restoring men and helping them become men of courage. So let's welcome Fiona to BCC this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that wonderful worship. It's amazing. (laughs) It's really, really good to be with you. Um, I I love Birmingham. I came... Uh, My husband and I came in 2000 to live in, uh, just outside Birmingham, in Solihull, and worked with, uh, in renewal with Dave Carr for about 18 months. What a fantastic time. And I remember coming here and just, just getting the feel of the Birmingham people. It's just so friendly and such a really lovely place. And this church has such, got such a lovely culture about it. Really, really friendly. So I'm delighted and I'm privileged to be with you this morning. So I have, um, I have the privilege of working in Teen Challenge. I've been involved with them since 1995. And uh, most of those years I've worked alongside women and in the latter years working with men and women and seeing miracles uh, on a daily basis. God is, God is good. God is the restorer. God is close to the brokenhearted. He's the restorer of all the years the locusts have eaten. He does restore. So it's wonderful. And, you know, your pastor, Pastor Mark, he was uh, teaching in our leadership academy a few weeks ago. And he said to me, Fiona, I want you to come. Would you like, would you come and speak to our men on Father's Day? And I thought, no, it should be Jay you're asking, my husband. And I think my husband is here in a few weeks' time. But I said, no, it should be Jay, my husband, you're asking. He said, no, I want a woman to come and speak to the men on Father's Day. So I said, okay, I'll try. So it is good that, you know, in studying and looking at the Word of God about Father, or a prime example of our perfect Father, Father God, has been incredible and it's done something in my heart So we do celebrate Father's Day with all you dads out there. We celebrate those who are natural fathers, those who are father-like figures, and those of you who are mentors. We celebrate with you today and hope that you have a fantastic day. I know that we are living in a challenging time and challenging age where in many homes Father is not present. And so all the more... We rise up, and I love that clip from Courageous. We rise up in the church, and we become those men, those father-like figures, so out into our communities, to the people that he's going to be sending into us. And you know, there's many influences. It's not an easy task. This is a privilege. It's an enormous task. But there's many influences in our lives. We do live in a different age you know, where the influences are much, much different than my generation and many of your generation. But we need to be the main influence in our children's lives. We need to be the example what a true father and a parent is. And, you know, we often think, when we think about God as our father, we often allow the experiences of our earthly father to color 
what we see as our Heavenly Father is like. And actually, it should be the other way around. Our understanding of God as a Father should give us the standard for what an earthly Father should be like. So no matter what your experiences of a natural Father has been like, we have the Word of God that tells us what a perfect Father is like. And I know that as long as we're on earth, we will never be perfect parents or perfect people. But we have a a, a standard that we can aim towards. So if you were in your past experiences of a father, whether you've ever had, like my husband has never had a father in his life. He's never known what it is to call anybody dad. He's never met his dad. And yet he's a great father because he took the principles of the word of God and began to allow Father God to be a father in his life, to help him to be a father to our child's life. So our understanding of what an earthly father is like. You know, your pastor said to me, Fiona, would you come and tell the men what every woman wants in a man? And I said, okay, it'll take longer than a half an hour though. And so, you know, if you're a woman here, you don't go ticking all these little things and saying, yeah, he's like that now, but he's not like that and he needs to be like that. You know, we're all aiming towards transformation to be the character of Christ in our lives. And so we do take the example of a perfect father from the Bible. And I want to look at some qualities of Father God this morning and bring them into qualities of an earthly father. And there is lots, you know, there's so much, it's so vast from the word of God, but I've just chosen a few of my favorite attributes or qualities of Father God. And the one, it's not an order, but Father God is approachable. You know, in Ephesians 3.12, it says, in him, meaning in Christ, and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and in confidence. That's a fantastic word this morning. We can approach God in freedom and in confidence. Not, not in fear and trembling of what he might do or what he might remind us of. No, in freedom and in confidence. It says, boldly I approach the throne of grace so that I may receive mercy and grace in my time of need. As boldly I can approach. Not only is God approachable, but God is waiting. He is waiting for us. And I love the story of the prodigal. And I think in that parable, we can see a father's heart. And so you have the two sons. One son says, Father, I want my inheritance now, my share of the inheritance. And the father gave it to him. Father gave it to him, even knowing that he was going to go and squander it because he knew the character of his son, but he still gave it to him. He wasn't controlling, he was releasing. And you know, the son went and the son just squandered all his money, left home, squandered all his money and had a wild life. And then the famine came, as we know, that happens. And the famine came and he was left and he was eating with the pigs and he began to think of home. And so he decided, he rehearsed in his mind what he was going to say to his father as he was going home. And he was just going to be like a hired hand because in his father's house, who would eat better than what he is right now? 
And you know, this story is not just the prodigal son or the bitter brother, but this is the story of the waiting father. And I love when it says, while he was a long way off, the father saw him filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son. You know, not only have we an approachable father, we have a waiting father waiting for us, waiting for us to approach him, waiting for us to access him, waiting for us to come back home. You know, father, this is the heart relationship that father God wants us to have with him this morning. Fathers, children want this relationship with you. They want you to be a father who's approachable. Even when they did wrong, they want you. You know, that father didn't have the list of everything that that child did wrong. Did you ever go into a room and there's loads of kids screaming and crying, but you hear your one and you only hear, you hear only your one. And you know, if your child hurts himself and if your child is calling out to you daddy 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 and you run and you climb and jump over the banisters and you run to get to that child first thing you don't say is how good have you been this week let's see how much obedient you've been to your mother let's see if you've done all your chores no you're running and you're comforting your child you're loving your child father god is waiting We have a father who is accepting. We are accepted in Christ. You know, acceptance is one of the basic needs of mankind to be accepted, to have security and to be significant. And you know, we, one of those basic, they're going to be met somewhere. And that's why, you know, a lot of people, a lot of young men in gang cultures they find their acceptance within those gangs, whether it's because it's a sense of belonging, even in a, a negative way. But they begin to find some sort of acceptance within that culture. So they feel like they're belonging somewhere. But you know, we're not just accepted, we're chosen. God has chosen us. I love that word. I am chosen. I didn't find God. He wasn't lost. He chose me. That's what gives me the confidence this morning. He's chosen me. He said, you did not choose me. I've chosen you. It's incredible. We're chosen, not only accepted, we're actually chosen by Father God himself. An example of this is a fantastic example is when the Father spoke in Jesus' baptism, when Jesus was being baptized. He said, this is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. How fantastic is that? The father affirming Jesus. Fathers, affirm your children. Affirm your children. Tell your children how proud of them that you are. Don't be overcritical and just pointing out all the wrongs. Make sure that you affirm your children and tell them, you know, I'm fascinated listening to winners' speeches and for athletes especially. And most of the time, they say, I wanted to make my dad proud. I just, not even mom, it's always about dad. I just wanted to make my dad proud. This morning, tell your children how proud you are of them. You'll be surprised. You'll see those shoulders going back. 
you'll see their heads starting to raise. And, no, and the other influences in school or anywhere else, they'll still hear the voice of the Father saying, I am well pleased with you. So when, when there's other things going on in their lives, they still have the affirmation of the Father, of the influence of the Father. It's so strong. You know, we have a Father who is faithful. A faithful father. He's faithful to his word. He's faithful to his promises. And he's faithful to his commitment. He's committed to our success. And we are committed. We need fathers who are committed to children's success. We need fathers who are faithful. We see the devastation of faithlessness in our families, in our communities, in our church, sadly. What unfaithfulness can do. And you might be here this morning and you might be a product of that. And that is really hard. And you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very conscious as I'm speaking about fathers. I'm conscious that there are single parents here, single mothers raising, your, raising up your children and doing the best you have. The same principles apply. But I do pray that we will have godly men, courageous men, rise up and take all and help with that task. When we have fatherless young people walking into our church, are we going to rise up a mentor? You know, sometimes, you know, we're all about our own problems, but you know, as you begin to reach out to other people, God's blessing you. God will bless you. And you might have got, none of us are perfect. You might have got it all wrong in your own kids, but you know, God is a God that gives a second chance. And if you have a heart to help young people, or people who are singly raising their children. Come alongside them and help them. But we have a faithful God. Be faithful in your promises to your children. Be faithful in what you say. We have a God who is present. A God who is with us. Emmanuel, God with us. A God who has left his Holy Spirit on this earth to equip us and help us to live this life that he's asked us to live. A present help in need, in time of trouble. He's present to comfort, to heal, to direct, to guide us and to provide all that we need. You know, the thing that children need the most is time. Now, none of us have enough of it. (laughs) It's one of those things, where's the time gone? My husband is sick of me saying, oh, is it June already? He's like, would you stop saying that? Is it Christmas already? Is it Easter already? Yes, it's the same time all the time. It's just as we get older, it feels to go a lot quicker. But we want fathers who will have time with their children, who are present. You might even be physically present in the home, but you're present in time of need, present with your children. And you know, when fathers are present in their children's lives, they become the models and mentors to help them in the journey of life. You know, my my, um, son, I have a son, Ethan, he's 14 and a half. And you know, for years and years and years, he's quite a charismatic young boy. And years he's come out of school and he'd tell me all the news, tell me everything that's going on in his life. Mom, wait till I tell you about so-and-so. Like really you know, innocent as well. Tell me the girl that he thinks is so pretty in the class and all of that. And I loved hearing all the news. And now we're down to one word. One word. Last Friday night, I drove him 20, 25 minutes to his church youth group Friday night. I spent two hours sitting in the car waiting for him. 
And then another 25, and I asked him, you know, how did you get on, son? How did it go? Fine. <laughs> fine. One word answer. I said, are you okay? Yeah, fine. What's, why? What's wrong? So, you know, you come to the stage of, you know, fine. So we have to look for, like, creative ways to be present at all the different ages of our children. So I do football. Having a clue. Don't know. Don't know what it is. Don't know, don't know about the uh, offside rule. Explained so many times. So at this stage now, I just ask, which side is our side? So which side should I cheer when it gets into? Then that's all I need to know. And I just look at my son out there playing. And every most Saturdays, I'm at the football ground with my husband watching my child play. I prefer it than shopping anyway. And my husband's delighted because it's cheaper. <laughs> And, you know, we just have to find creative ways. You know, a few weeks ago, very, very often, I would see my husband wrestling with my child. And, you know, that's actually not a quite a nice sight at this stage. It was lovely when he was three. They started wrestling when he was three, and he's drawing him over, and he's... Jo- and now there's a big guy, 14 and a half year old, and a man around my living room, throwing each other over, catching each other by the necks and nearly choking before one will tap. And I'm shouting, tap! Because you have to tap if you're choking. <laughs> and I'm like, watch, watch the coffee table, watch this, watch that. But it's like finding ways to be present. And you know, you'd be amazed to, you know, put, turn off that television and Turn off all those electronics and phones off and sit down and have a family meal when you can. You'll be amazed what news you get then. You'll be amazed how much children do talk then and how, how much. So we have to find those ways to be present in our kids' life. Father, who is good? We sang about it this morning. You are good. You are good. Psalm 119 verse 68 says, You are good and all that you do is good. That is a baseline. That is one of the anchors in my life. That is one of the anchors, you know, when we have the assurance that God is for us and not against us. When bad things happen, but God is good. Fathers need to be the example to their children, for them to understand that, you know, when tragedy comes into lives, when grief happens and it comes to us all, that we have a father in heaven that is good. We need to instruct our children. You know, there's times and two particular times in my own life that tragedy stuck, struck in, in death, having caused death that came in unnatural ways. One on my husband's side and one on my side. And I remember that first time it was my husband's side. And I remember we went into a room and we just began to declare in our grief and in our heartbrokenness, God, you are good. God, we are declaring it. We do not feel it. We feel heartbroken. We feel, but we are declaring it today that God, you are a good God. And we need to tell our children, we have a father in heaven who is a good God in times of trouble. He is a good God and not become bitter and angry with the things of life and what should have happened and what could have happened and what might have happened. You know, all things Work together for those who love the Lord and who are called to call to his purpose. God is good and all that he does is good. It's a baseline and it's an example we need to be to show our children. We have a father who is generous. 
He is a generous God. He's not a stingy God. You've been asking the God for the Holy Spirit. He's a generous giver of the Holy Spirit, of everything we need to equip us for this life. Everything we need is provided by Father God. He is a generous God. He's generous with his grace. He's generous with his forgiveness. He's generous with his mercy. You know, fathers need to be generous with your children, not just with material things, but with time and grace and forgiveness, with words of praise. Give us this day our daily bread. We've got a father who's generous with daily bread. Fresh manna every day. Hallelujah. He's a generous God. You know, we have a Father who gives us unconditional love. Not because of what we can do. Not because of all the good works that we do. Not because of how good we are. But a God who gives us unconditional love. Because God is love. You know, that same love, in John 17, it's amazing, because that same love the Father had for Jesus, he has for us. That's incredible. That very same love, he has that love for us. It's mind-blowing. He demonstrated his own love for us, that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. You know, this is a love that disciplines This is not a wishy-washy love. A discipline is not punishment. But discipline will lead us back to living the path of life. It will bring order into chaos. It will bring peace into families. It's really important that we discipline our children. Not punish. You know, the prodigal son, the discipline for him was that he sat eating with the pigs. The father didn't do anything wrong. The father, I'm sure, raised him well. But here he was, and he went out and he squandered everything. And the consequences was that he sat eating with the pigs, feeding the pigs. But he knew where to come back to. He knew his father was a God of love. It says, fathers, do not exasperate, provoke your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Do not provoke your children. Do not embitter your children, it says, or they will become discouraged. You know, we've got, when we receive the love of the Father, we can emanate that, and that will come through. And you know, you can break those patterns of destructive behavior just because we grew up maybe in a family where there were those patterns. You know, my husband, he's the first to drive in his family. He's the first to marry in his family. He's the first to own a car in his family. He's the first to own a house in his family. You know, we can begin to break these. Now my son growing up knowing nothing different my son growing up, my, fa- my husband was addicted to drugs for 10 years. And I see families all throughout that I work with that were breaking these destructive behaviors. And you know, if you're here today, I would, I would again say that courageous step 
to make that commitment to be a follower of Jesus Christ, to allow the qualities of the Father to burn in us, to characterize us. There is no such thing as a perfect earthly father. We know that. We live in a fallen world, but we do have a father that is unchangeable. He's everlasting. He's faithful. He's good. He's generous. He's approachable. He's a good, good God. He's a good, good father. And if, you know, we begin to live that life, I tell you, God will use your life to help many others. You can start from right now. You can start from right here, making a commitment in your own family and then outside of your family, and then in society. And you think, what, what will little old me make a difference? I tell you, one life who begins to make a commitment to God and make a commitment to living by the Word of God can change and leave a legacy for the next generation. In Psalm 89, it says, I will sing of the Lord's great love forever. And with my mouth... I will make your faithfulness known through all generations. Let's make God's faithfulness known by our lives, by the example of our lives to our children, first of all, and then to our societies. Let's make his name, his love, his faithfulness, his generosity, his goodness made known in all generations. Happy Father's Day. May we give the clap to the greatest father and the most perfect father of all. Amen.